do design decisions involve value judgments? Andy Halliwell has gone and posted this question on LinkedIn as part of our redesigning D&T project and debates. I think this is a really tricky one to answer and our expert group felt that it was an important question that needed debating. Do design decisions involve value judgments? I think firstly, I'd be saying, what do you mean by a value judgment, a values judgment? And maybe in your response to Andy's question, you'll explore what you understand and what your views are of what value judgments are and then whether they actually impinge on or affect the design decisions that designers make and also that children make in D&T lessons. So do join the debate. We're always open to conversation and discussion on this. But for now, on to the next episode. This is the Talking D&T podcast, episode 45. Welcome to the Talking D&T podcast with me, Alison Hardy, a podcast for anybody interested in design and technology education, where I'll be sharing news, views, ideas and opinions about D&T. This week's podcast comes out of thinking and reflecting on the conversation I had with Matt McLean about signature pedagogies. Early on in the conversation, we talked about doing our Masters in Design and Technology Education. Uh, We've both done that at Sheffield Hallam. So it got me to thinking about some of the posts I see occasionally on Facebook uh, with teachers debating whether to do a Masters or not to do a Masters. And it can be quite different opinions about it. So I thought I'd take the opportunity to kind of reflect on some of those things that Matt and I talked about and about my Masters and and why I feel now as I look back, it's been a a real kind of life-changing moment in terms of my career and, and what it did for me. But I need to sort of, first of all, put out there in case people think this is an advert, some of you might not realise or know that alongside uh, reading, writing, talking and whatever about design and technology, researching and so on, I actually lead a master's in education programme at Nottingham Trent where I work. So I need a full time and a part time master's course. Um, and in the part time master's course, I also have a number of different routes. Um, so I've been involved in designing that course and now lead and teach on it. So I think I need to put that on the table so that people don't think, well, really, this is just Alison trying to market the course and sell it. Um, but I suppose I've come to the other side now and, and can talk about doing a master's with a different different perspective. So I did my master's back in the early 2000s, 2001 to 2004, I think it was around about that time. Um, I was very lucky that we there was funding around at that time um, to pay for my master's fees in the main. Um, so I understand that I'm talking from a position of, of privilege and finding the money to pay for our fees for things like master's or further study can be can be a challenge for many people. But if nothing else, I just want to lay some foundations about sort of the way a master's encourages you and facilitates you to think differently about the thing or the phenomena, the concept that you're studying. So that's that's really what it did for me. I was a, I was a head of department in Lincolnshire when I started to do the master's. Um, so we had weekends away in York as a cohort. So that networking, meeting colleagues who were involved in design and technology was, was really great for me. So that that was one of the big pluses about doing the masters. And as I talked last week uh, to masters um, to Mike that he'd done a masters well, that we both knew that we'd done that at Sheffield Hannam. So you kind of create that that community. Um, 
on a very practical level, what it's done for me in terms of doors it's unlocked. I couldn't be working in higher education now if I didn't have a master's. Um, it becomes another thing that unlocks a, a door into a different part of my career. So having the master's meant that I could uh, move into working and teaching in higher education. And then actually, it also meant that I could do my my doctorate, my PhD. I, I couldn't have got onto the PhD programme without a master's. So it, it does that, as many other qualifications do, in terms of it leads you on to the next stage. But in terms of what it did for me as firstly head of department and now as somebody who does research in design and technology, I did a number of different modules um, on the course. Um, and as I said last week, one of the ones that stuck in my mind was one that was about leading change. So we did quite a lot of work around you know, what causes people to change or not change, managing meetings in departments, um, understanding different people's perspectives. And our study was that we had to... Uh, try and bring about some change in our departments that that was real it wasn't forced and so I mine was around um, GCSE specifications um, I was trying to bring the the team together in terms of working from the same exam board um, and, and looking at the right exam board that was right for us as a department so so my whole assignment was got me to explore that so so that was really powerful thinking about change and I've used that work um quite a lot in in the work that I do now at Nottingham Trent in terms of when I've sort of been leading change in the department um, when I worked in further education, um, bringing different people together, how do we um, get people on side or listen to different perspectives and take those into account? So very practically, the the modules were designed to help me and um, think about my uh, my place and, and what I was doing. But they also encouraged, encouraged me to engage with research um, that was current, to to find the research journals. Um, to read about what the people are doing and, and use that in my own practice. So another thing that I was really interested in was about the use of questions, um, teachers using questions to facilitate creativity in the classroom. And so I did quite a lot of work about how do we use questions in design and technology when children are designing. But also I had to therefore read around about it and read about use of questions in other subjects. And it led me to go and watch lessons in geography and RE and maths to see how teachers are using questions in those different contexts. Um, so again, that helped my, my, my pedagogy. And, and I was able to, at a later date, present some of my research at a research conference. So I was then able to build the body of research for the community and uh, encourage other people to you know, think about the sort of work that I, why I was doing. So my work was beginning to have an effect, hopefully, on, on other researchers. Um, my final dissertation was about pedagogy. And it's been something that I was... I was a teacher, of course I was interested in pedagogy. Um, and I've been interested in CAD-CAM. The early 2000s, I was um, involved in some of the data projects around CAD. I'd got some of the funding. Um, and there was loads of stuff out there about different projects you could do with CAD, different projects you could do uh, using your new Boxwood milling machine or um, your Techsoft um, cutter or, or whatever. Um, and I was thinking, yeah, yeah, this is great. You know, fantastic, fantastic projects. But how on earth do I teach this? You know, I'm in a classroom. I've got 25 children, 15 computers, one CNC machine. How do I manage it? What's the the pedagogical devices, the classroom management that I can use. So actually my research project became really practical about that. So it, I was able to take my sort of frustration, I suppose, and take that into a research project 
and did, you know, again, reading around, exploring what other people were saying about pedagogy and practical situations um, in using IT and, and computing. How, how was that managed? And then I was able to work with a number of different teachers and we came up with ideas and we did something called the Delphi technique where we um, sort of had ideas and then we refined them and then we agreed them and then we tried them out. And it, it was really exciting. It was really exciting. So... So, you know, that was very powerful for me. And, and I do believe that had an impact on what was happening in my classroom and also what was happening with the teachers that I was working with in that project. So that's that's kind of uh, one another level of the benefit of a master's is the impact it has on your own teaching or your own leadership um, in the classroom. Now, my master's was for design and technology. So everybody on the course was doing design and technology education, was a teacher, um, and, and that was really stimulating. But to find those these days, I mean, we don't we don't run one at, at Nottingham Trent as much as I would love to run a master in design and technology. There just isn't the, the, the body of people. And I know many people listening are doing masters with different organisations where it's a collective of, of different teachers and that can equally be very powerful to come together with other people from other subjects and talk about one aspect of education and dissect it from those different perspectives and be to be critical about it. Um, but what you will find if you en- enrol in a master's, and, and I would, would encourage you to look at it, whether you um, end up rejecting it or accepting it or thinking, well, I can't afford it or it's not right for me, but I can I can do some of that critical thinking. I can engage in the research in a different way. So to look at it and, and to question how much flexibility a master's course gives you to to look at things that are pertinent to you so I can only talk about the masters that I lead but you know we do a research skills module and um, and what we do is we we teach our students to be able to critique research papers to explore whether the claims that are made by the research are justified by the methods and and I do find very much of my design thinking, my design technology background comes out to play in, in the work that I do in research because I'm designing a research project. And so I have to think about all the variables and the complexities and how do I juggle it and manage it and time management and so on. And does the end justify the means and, and so on. So we do that on the on the research skills programme. But students are also asked to design a research study um, in the area that they are interested in. And they also critique a journal article in the area they're interested. So we give the students space to explore um, topics that are of interest to them within the parameters of the course and, and what we're aiming to do. And then in the dissertation, obviously, students pick their own topic. They, they work in their own field and they're given a supervisor that has a specialism and can relate to that. So, so there are options out there um, about doing masters, even though there isn't this wonderful time that I had in terms of doing a design and technology one but you can build this community and I do think it's important that some parts of the design and technology community do engage in master's work and mastersly thinking because that research writing that producing and um, that generating of new ideas in a, a critical way grounded in research does add to the community and move the subject on and so what I've also found is Teachers who do do Masters in Design and Technology, they rethink the way they look at the subject and they're able to critique new ideas and maybe not so not move so much in the wind of new ideas, but actually have stronger foundations. So that's what I found has been a, a benefit of doing a Masters. Um, 
And I want I wanted to share that because I do see lots of debate about from design and technology. It's about doing doing a master's. And so so my I suppose to sum up my reasons are that you can do research in something that relates to your career, your role, your place, that makes a difference to what you're doing. It opens doors to other possibilities. And also you're adding to the research body about the subject, which helps give the subject credence and credibility. And and I think that is really important. I think it's something that we maybe don't do enough of as I compare us to other subjects that we could do. Um, But I think taking part in in that is really important. Now, to do that, we have to be able to write and articulate our ideas. And that's I'm going to come back on another podcast about that, because another aspect of what I do um, within my day job is I lead academic writing activities um, because I was conscious as a DNT teacher that my writing ability wasn't all it could be in terms of cause that's not what we do. You know, when I was a design technology teacher, writing wasn't uh, part of, of what I did. So I'm going to come back and talk about that at a later date, because I think if we want to have an influence on research and shape research and share our ideas then we have to be able to articulate that in written form and so I'm going to do another podcast at another time to give some ideas about how you can get writing and sharing your ideas and adding to that body of knowledge that we so desperately need in design and technology to make a difference to what's happening in the classroom and the way the subject's perceived. As ever, thanks for listening. I'd be really interested to hear from you if you've done a master's, thinking about doing one, or completely disagree with what I have to say about the benefits of doing a master's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Talking DT podcast with me, Alison Hardy. You can connect with me on Twitter at Hardy underscore Alison. Show notes and transcripts for each podcast episode can be found on my website, alisonhardy.work. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.